In today's readings, the Lord tells us in the Holy Scripture <clears throat> the attitude that St. Paul had is a tract from the Epistle to the Ephesians. He says of himself, I am the prisoner in the Lord. He begins saying that he is a, a witness. Uh, so he's not recommending us something that he's not doing. I am a prisoner in the Lord. What is a prisoner in the Lord? He's a person who uh, somehow he follows strictly what the Lord expects of him. So he is a prisoner of the Lord. Doesn't go out of the house of the Lord. His intentions are the intentions of the Lord. His choices, those which lead him closer to Jesus. What about you and me? Do we seek to do what the, God, what the Lord expects from us? Do we seek to fulfill in us, to consider ourselves prisoners of God's will. Well, he continues saying, I, prisoner of the, in the Lord, implore you to lead a life worthy of, all, of your vocation. So he implores, not only recommends, but implores. You see how important it is, what I was telling you. To live a life, not to do this thing, to do that thing, to to pray the rosary and then forget about the rest. No, he says a life. We are not talking about some practices. We are talking about your entire life, your entire day, today. He says, worthy of your vocation. So St. Paul is not proposing us something out of this world. No, it's be who you are. Be who you ought to be. That's what it means, worthy of your vocation. What vocation? Your Christian vocation. What is a Christian? A Christian is a person running a race towards God. So he considers himself a prisoner in the Lord because he does, have, he does not have any other thought but to run the race and to run it well. He continues, bear with one another charitably in complete selflessness gentleness and patience. So it means not only I have to be in good terms of the Lord, you know, prisoner of the Lord, but this will be reflected in the manner that I deal with the others, in the manner that I bear with one another charitably, with a incomplete selflessness. How do I live charity towards the other? Do I realize that it's the only way to be able to consider myself a prisoner in the Lord, a child of God running this wonderful, this amazing race, which is your life, my life, all of us together, with gentleness, with patience. The Responsorial Psalm, of course, answered precisely what we were saying. Such are the men who seek your face, Lord. So you read it immediately after the first sentence that the I just read. If I consider myself a prisoner in the Lord, 
if I seek to do his will, if I deal with the others with gentleness and selflessness, then I can say that I'm living according to my vocation as a Christian, and that I'm a person who seek your face, Lord. It doesn't say the face of the Lord as something strange to you, but your face. I mean, the psalmist is talking to God, as you and I are doing now in this moment of prayer. Lord, show me your face, that I may see your countenance. What is to see the face of the Lord? It's to see what he is indicating to us. If you see a person looking at you with tender eyes and with smile, you conclude he's friendly. If you see someone with the with a bad attitude, then you say he's angry at me. Isn't it true that you immediately notice it? Well, this is what you had to do in your prayer with the Lord. Lord, which way do you want me to go? How should I do? It's the Lord that indicates to us. But as long as you climb the mountain of the Lord, that you stand in his holy place, what does it mean? To climb the mountain of the Lord is to have access to him in prayer, but moreover in the Eucharist. To stand in his holy place is to sit at table in the banquet that the Lord has prepared for us, which is his own body, his own blood. <clears throat> in the Gospel, the Lord continued talking to the crowds. When you see a cloud looming up in the west. You say at once that raining is coming, and so it does. Sure, no? Here, in the Philippines, you see that the sky has been darkened. Sometimes there is not even a breeze. The sun is nowhere to be seen. You conclude it will rain. And it does, after 10 minutes, heavy rain. And when the wind is from the south, you say it will be hot, and it is. Yes, we know how to read the signs of the times, of the weather. Hypocrites, the Lord says. You know how to interpret the face of the earth and the sky? How is it that you do not know how to interpret these times? What times? What the Lord has prepared for you, your life. We continue with the first reading. What you have to do in life. Your race, which is your life. All of us are running this race towards eternal life. And the gate is the judgment. What should I do <clears throat> to prepare for the race, to apply myself to it, to take care of my life, to mind what is really important in my life? It also means that the race will not be forever. So the Lord says 
when you see that the sky darkens, it will rain. So uh, a woman uh, with the with all the clothes hanging there in the drying line, so she will get everything inside the house. Why? Because if, if she leaves it outside, it will be completely wet. Well, the same thing should happen in us. We have to realize that we are not going to be running all the time. You see, the symbol of India is a wheel. You, have, you can see the wheel in the uh, flag of the Indian state. So according to the Hindu belief, the world keeps on repeating and repeating and repeating itself like a wheel, always giving the same turns forever. Okay, that's why that, that, the symbol of the wheel, the Indian mythology. For Christianity, we won't apply it. Well, uh, we will not choose a wheel. We choose an arrow, perhaps. Uh, why? Because we are going to a destiny. You see, the arrow is not always flying. It flies, yes, but no matter what, it falls to the, to, to the ground or hits its target. This is reality. This is our life. This is Christianity. We are arrows. What direction am I flying? Do I realize that sooner or later the arrow will turn down and will hit the ground? So therefore, the conclusion is that we have to take advantage of these days, of these months, of our life, whatever is left. I would say for two things. First, to grow in love, to grow in love of God, to get closer to Him, to grow in sanctity, but do not be afraid of that word, yes. And second, to forget about offenses, resentment, while we still have time to do so, to rectify. Let us discover the signs of the time that the Lord is pointing out to us in our life. He's telling us, come to me, open your eyes, look at my face, the Lord says, discover what is really important in your life. Because when the judgment begins, your judgment, it will be too late to rectify. So rectify while you still can't do so. Am I killing my time doing nothing? Because when I kill my time, I kill Christ in me. Because he's not growing in me. Am I fighting my egoism? Am I concerned for seeking God every day? A person who really loves God puts everything at the service of God. He gives himself. So what the Lord 
is expecting from you is not a tax. It's not a tight per 10%. No. He wants you. He's asking for your heart. What is it? Well, you still have time. Tell the Lord, young you, take my heart. It's yours. We have to fly high. We have to fly to the Lord. We have to put everything at His service. Everything we have, everything we are, our dreams, our time, doing what we have to do, yes, our profession, our family, but always rectifying, always loving, always doing your best. Because we all have pending debts. How many times we have not forgiven? How many times we have not thanked a person? Or perhaps of justice. I was unjust with this person. I had not paid this person enough. My friend, let's begin paying our debts. I don't mean of money, but debts of love. Because we still are on the way. We still are expecting to face the judge, but not, not, not a long time. It's not put excuses. What reason do you have not to begin again? That someone answer you back with injuries, with insults, forgive. Really? Yes, you should forgive. Because in the end, the only thing that matters is how much you love God, how much you love that person, how much you forgive everyone, how much you forgive. Look at him. If you don't believe me, look at Jesus. What did he do? He shed his blood. He poured out his blood for you, for me, when we were in sin. Not when we were in the state of grace. No, no. We were in sin and he died for us, hoping that we will make things all right. If he did so, why don't we do likewise? If you say you love Christ, well, these are the reasons that should move you to love him more and more. To go up to the house of the Lord, as the Psalms say, to climb his mountain, to enter his holy place one day and be happy forever. Look at our mother, the Virgin, reminding us, look at his face, do whatever he tells you. Isn't it what it means? Look at his face, always.
fulfilled his will.